Welcome to the Sergeant Podcast. I'm Sarah McClintock. Each year, over 3,000 primary and secondary school students visit the Sergeant Gallery. While at the gallery, the students have the opportunity to look at and discuss art, as well as creating original artworks of their own. From drawing to clay, textile to paint, the educators at the Sergeant Gallery can do it all. Balancing teaching to the school curriculum with the ever-changing exhibition program, these highly skilled artists and teachers are amazingly flexible, friendly and creative. In this episode of the podcast, I talk to our educators Setska Jansma and Andrea Gardner about the exhibition program, the highs and lows of teaching in a gallery and their remarkable tote bag project. Hi Setska and Andrea. Hi. Hi Sarah. It's going to talk a little bit about the education program. Do you want to just give us a little bit of background on why it is education at the sergeant? Started about, well over, I actually don't know entirely when it started, but I know that we've had a contract with the Ministry of Education for providing learning experiences outside of the classroom for over 20 years. So it started quite little and it's slowly grown to be a full-time 40-hour position. Noisy room! Yeah. <laughs> We're recording this in education, so the um, the air conditioning can sometimes have a mind of its own. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so it's had, it's had a few different educators over the years, really. So how long have you both been here? I've been here 12 years. And I've been here six. Six, six years. Wow. So do you want to just give a little bit of background about yourselves? Maybe Andrea first. Um, well, I moved to Wanganui 20 years ago. I was living in New York City and I was teaching children there, um, teaching art in private schools, which I really enjoyed. So when I came to Wanganui, I taught art at St. George's School for 14 years and um, that was fantastic. So I really like children's artwork. It's just so fresh and yeah, it was, it was really good. And um, so I'm a practicing artist as well in mixed media, sculpture and photography. And you're about to go to South America on another residency. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is very exciting. <clears throat> and I will be teaching children art workshops in Bolivia coming up. So that I'm really happy to combine my love of art, my enjoyment of children, and working on my speaking Spanish. So it'll be good. Sitska. Right. So after high school, I thought I would... Um, do a Bachelor of Science and then decided halfway through the year that I was not a scientist and I didn't really like it and um, decided to go more towards the arts. So the following year I went into a Bachelor of Fine Arts and then when that finished we at one point found ourselves in Wanganui where I became familiar with the Sergeant Gallery and applied for the educator position but I didn't get it and I didn't get an interview. <laughs> so I thought why? So I went and um, I asked and they talked about not having a teaching qualification, which led me to do some um, kind of teacher aiding at one of the intermediates at Wanganui, which then resulted me going and getting a diploma of primary school teaching. And when I got that, the job here came up again and then I applied and I got it. So we moved back to Wanganui and I haven't left. So <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, my background, right. I suppose. And now we share the position. Yes. 
So that's been really great. We put our heads together with our ideas and our skills, and I think we do come up with really fun projects yeah. for the students, and it's been quite good. So yes, there's one day where we overlap for six hours a week. So we did start off where we didn't overlap at all, and that was really, really tricky. But now that we overlap, it's a lot, a lot easier. Because, yeah, two brains are a bit easier than one. So what drew you both to art and education? I was just, I was just always creative, which is why going to science was just mad, really. You can't hide from what you are. So, yeah. And I've always done art. Um, so I did my undergraduate degree in art and did my master's in art and originally started off teaching tertiary, doing university teaching, um, but then had some opportunities to teach children and found I really enjoyed it. So what sort of things do you teach students as part of the um, education program here? So we. Most of the programs we run, we try and link in with the exhibitions that are on, but we also do teacher requests. So teachers ring us up and say, oh, we're studying birds at the moment, what can you do? We pretty much do anything and everything, really. So we're very flexible and work on what the teachers want. We come up with suggestions and create programs, I suppose. We also have visiting artists that we work with, um, and so we can offer special workshops that tie in with secondary, NCA, mm -hmm. and yeah. that's quite, that's always quite fun actually, we get to facilitate and get to kind of watch somebody else share their skills and expertise with them, which is good. So we've really, it's the whole gamut here really, it's um, done painting, drawing, mm -hmm. sculpture, clay, printmaking, photography, sun prints, sun prints, uh, mixed materials, um, things to do with fabric. Um. We do it on so many different themes. So we can link them, if a school wants a certain medium, we can do it with whatever theme they're also looking at. We'll mm. tie it back into collection works as well. So the collection department's quite nice. They then just let us borrow works that we can take out and show kids as well. So that's really useful. And we've spread out into the community mm. as well. Um, we put student artworks up in the empty shop Shopping windows nice. along Main Street and we've also had sculptural projects um, on the, there's some plinths that are along Main Street that we've used a couple of times in the past. Mm -hmm. And we put up some projects in the hospital and we did a, a mural project in Kofi Park. Which is still there. Yes. As well. And we've done student exhibitions as part of the gallery program as well, so we've had schools and classes come to us, work on specific things for the exhibition, and then that goes up as well, and that gets as part of the exhibition program, part of public programs, so that's, that's always exciting for the kids to be able to come in with their families and see their work up on the walls. Mm. Why do you think it's important for students to leave the classroom, come to a gallery and learn and make? I think some, some students don't come into the gallery otherwise, unless their parents are interested in the arts as well. So it kind of helps to bring the space alive to, let, to show them it's part of, it's there for them as well, so they can learn to, to have a look at them. And I think when we make things that are linked in with an exhibition as well, it kind of, I'd like to think it gives them the encouragement that maybe one day if they want to, they could 
come in as an artist and exhibit their own work and that it makes art accessible, that it's, it's okay to be creative and it's good to explore these different things and have fun with it. Yeah, it really broadens their experience mm. um, and they learn new techniques um, and we hope that it's always a very positive experience so it's, you know, sort of helps with their self-esteem mm. and, you know, they feel good about what has happened when they've come to the gallery. And it's, it's so nice hearing what they see and read into an artwork because they come to it with a completely different pair of eyes than what we do. So mm. quite often they'll point out things in a work that I haven't noticed. And sometimes that's after years of me looking at a work <laughs> and someone will see something different. And that's really nice. Or their interpretation's different. And for them to know that their interpretation is okay because you can only come with it with what you know. So I think it just, yeah... It's quite, it's, it opens nice discussions, some really mm, interesting discussions mm -hmm. with students and with their families and parents as well. And, yeah. And just to also to see their delight when they've finished and they're pleased with what they've mm. made and there's just some pride there. And, yeah. And, oh, it's, it's really good. And they always kind of look at us with shock and they kind of go, do we get to take it home? We're like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. And that's quite funny. I sometimes think, oh. Imagine if we had to keep it all, it'd be, we'd have this amazing collection <laughs> of all this work. But it is nice because they do want to take it home and show someone and talk about mm. it, which is cool. Mm. I mean, one amazing project that you're working on, have been working on lately, is the Tote Bag Project, where mm. students are screen printing or drawing their own work onto reusable tote bags. Can you tell me a little bit about how the idea for the project came about? Well, I think we're, Zizka and I are both um, concerned about the environment and we recycle in the classroom and um, just becoming aware that the single-use plastic bag that is used in grocery stores mm -hmm. and, you know, throughout other stores as well is causing big problems around the world. And so um, we designed the tote bag project so, so that it would give us an opportunity to talk about this dilemma with the plastic bags and then offer a solution as well as a um, creative experience. And especially yeah. with a lot of schools that are looking at environmental issues as well and looking at how they can recycle better or reuse and stuff. So it does tie in quite nicely with their curriculum, the things that they're learning, and especially those schools that are passionate about the environment. So that's worked quite well yeah. as well. because a lot of schools are... Focusing on, you know, how can we use fewer plastics and what is plastic actually doing to the world? Um, and, you know, as you know, many countries and communities and cities have either banned or put um, levies on plastic mm -hmm. bags now. So, as, as well as people are desperately trying to um, think up alternatives, designing bags out of jute, for example. So... We discuss all of that with the kids, and um, yeah, it's been it's been quite good. How do they um, respond to the um, to this information and to the lesson? I think some of them are quite worried when they kind of realise what all that plastic does to the animals and the plastic that's floating around in the ocean and the the animals that eat it and the amount of plastic. We have got one picture that we show them of all the plastic floating in the ocean, and I think yeah, some kids find that quite 
you know, they haven't really thought about it so much, and they find that quite disturbing, I think. Yeah, and that the plastic doesn't die. It just yeah. adds up and adds up and adds up. Because they see the plastic, the plastic bags breaking into smaller pieces, and they think that's biodegrading. Well, it's not. And those little pieces are just being consumed by other little animals and slowly going up the food chain. So we kind of link that back to them as well. We kind of we ask them, you know, who eats those bits of plastic in the, in the sea? And they're like, oh, well, the fish do. And I said, well, who eats the fish? Eventually that clicks up to actually, well, we eat the fish. So yeah. that's, that's been quite interesting, actually. But we don't get too heavy about, no. you know, the real toxic aspect of plastics and no. when they're burned or when they're um, buried in um, landfills and when they leach into the soil. And, you know, there's just, mm. it's pretty awful. Yeah. But, but, yeah, we don't want to frighten them. Um, but I suppose the good thing is that sort of teaching them means that they go home and they have this information that they can give to their siblings mm. and to their parents and to maybe affect change in one household to make them aware that, you know, multiple use bags are, in the end, yeah. a lot better. Yeah. And a lot prettier. Yeah. Exactly. And a lot exactly. of them are storing their plastic bags in a drawer or a bag to use again. So it was good to hear that they, the bags that they do have do get more than one use. Right. right. And um, some were very, very, um, oh no, we'll definitely wash our bags again, you know, our plastic bags, and we'll use them again. But I'm talking, you know, which is good that they. But there's that, we've also mentioned how, you know, we didn't have plastic bags until about 40 years ago. So. What do yeah. people do? Before, you know, mm. we can survive <laughs> without them. <laughs> so, what are the? What do you think are the biggest challenges when it comes to running education programs? I don't think it's time. Sometimes, time. I suppose, because we're limited to working with what the teachers want, and also if we get three classes in one day, you've got to fit their lunchtime in there somehow. So sometimes we'll run one and a half hour sessions, and we'll go bang, 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 one after the other. And yeah, and it depends if you get a group that different groups work differently at different speeds. So sometimes you'll get a group and you can fit that, whatever you're doing, in with that time space really. And others, they are a little bit harder to fit them and they want to keep on going. So I, yeah, I find that quite difficult sometimes just to make sure we, we run on time and, and get the results that we were after as well with them so that they get the full experience. Yeah, with the, the projects have to be be able to be started and completed, you know, in, a, in one session. So mm. it doesn't give you time to let something dry and then rework it. And also we like them to go away with a, a, a finished, piece. finished piece. Yeah. yeah. And so, mind you, I do find it amazing sometimes though what students can produce in a brief hour and a half, because that mm. includes us talking to them. So then their practical sessions only around an hour or three quarters of an hour type thing. And some students do amazing things if they're awesome, actually have to kind of get a move on, they can't think about it too much. It's quite, yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I, and I think we do try and design the lesson so there's a, a built-in um, you know, element that they, they will be successful. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've got to do it at the level, I suppose. So that yeah. They, yeah. They learn something new, but they're not too, too far out of their comfort zone to be scared of trying something as well. Right. Okay. Do you guys have favourite, particular favourite lessons that I'm, you like to do? Oh, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit stuck on our tote bags really because I call it my happy session <laughs> <laughs> because the kids are doing their paper cutouts and things and then they lay it out and they do it and when they lift the screen 
there is this big element of surprise still. They like, kind of knew what they were getting, but they really didn't know what they were getting. Uh-huh. So they, their expressions is just so priceless. And so we've even had, oh, you know, yeah. lovely size. Oh, it's been really neat. Yeah, so they yeah. really love that kind of instant wow factor that they get. So, yeah, that's my favourite one at the moment. Mm. Oh, I just have so many that I like. I, I have <laughs> liked doing clay faces in the past because even yeah. with quite young children, mm. once they explore in detail, you know, just looking and feeling their own faces and then um, just with a little bit of guidance, um, what they can produce is remarkable. Mm. So those have been, have been quite yeah. impressive. And I do like self-portraits as well, actually, or just portraits in general, because they all end up having a bit of personality in there. Mm. There's some gorgeous work that's come from it. So we're recording this in the education room. Maybe if we take a step back and talk about what it was like in the old gallery, mm. maybe give a little bit of information, <laughs> information about um, the conditions you had to work under. Twelve years ago, when I started, we were using what was the old Ginza Bargain building, which is now the kitchen's place opposite the courthouse. So we would look through an exhibition with a group of kids, then we would walk them down the back of Queen's Park, past the police station, to that building, and that's where we would do the practical. And it would be freezing in wintertime. <laughs> and it was really annoying because you'd lose 20 minutes walking, and time-wise, and um, it could be challenging being right next to the courthouse as well. So that was one situation and then when we left that building we were just doing it in the gallery in Queen's Park so I would put tablecloths all over the floors and we would just work inside the exhibition space so there was some public that found that a bit frustrating because they couldn't access all of the spaces because we were occupying it but some people really enjoyed watching exactly what was happening but it was just we were just on the floor so that was and we that was a bit tricky. And then when we were given the end of one of the wings, we actually got a cupboard, which was quite good, which kind of blocked us off a little bit from the rest of the gallery. And um, and then we would just carry buckets of water up. From, could, from the basement. From the basement, through the gallery, to the classroom, so that we could use it if we were doing wet things or if students needed to kind of wash their hands quickly because they, we were far away from the toilets and far away from, well, the sinks. So yeah, so they, they had to rinse their hands. Yeah, there. and again, sometimes people would say that we were a bit noisy because, of course, the acoustics in the old gallery are, are something different. Got <laughs> <laughs> it was high could, ceilings and wood floors. Yeah, yeah, we could be really noisy, and then we put carpet on the floor, and that would help a bit. And we finally got some chairs and tables, so that was a big help. So we were actually able to sit comfortably, and. Um, what was great about the other is we could have the collection works directly in the classroom space that we were there. So that was actually really mm-hmm. amazing because we would just carefully put them up against the wall and they were right there so the kids were right up and close looking at them. And that was, that was we, a real We could pick them up, yeah. we'd put gloves on and mm-hmm. hold up an artwork and you know show the children the back, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you know, it's quite, in a way, more intimate experience of artwork. Yeah. But we couldn't lock that space either because it was always open, so we couldn't leave things set up and ready to go for a class. We couldn't leave it in a mess after we finished and had lunch. <laughs> um, so those, those were tricky. So now, you know, we've got a door that we can lock, lock. and we have a sink. Oh, With hot so. water. 
Yes. And live next to the toilets. Yes. Which is fabulous. <laughs> and we've actually got windows as well, which is actually quite nice. So we can mm. let fresh air in too, mm. which is good. But um, yes, it's a bit palatial, really, where we are now. What are you looking forward to about um, the idea of working in the redeveloped building? Having more exhibitions to work with, I think, with more, more spaces so there's more variety to be able to go out there and explore them, explore those artworks and exhibitions with the kids. Having a slightly bigger classroom so we can um, hopefully not try and squeeze eight on a table. We can actually just fit six on and use another table in there for a bit more space and um, hopefully do bigger and better things. Yes, and we just, we've talked about how we miss, you know, taking kids into the dome area. Mm. And, and lying them on the floor and having a look mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. architecture. It's quite special. And the pigeons and the magpie that sits on top <laughs> oh, and the sings. Songs. <laughs> and that was really neat because you don't see pigeons from underneath often and the kids were quite intrigued with that. Yeah, yeah I remember the mornings were always the best time for yeah. the songs because they'd be sitting up on the top of the dome and it would just... Echo through, Echo through the whole building. Plus seven in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I look forward to doing those and just yeah, being able to go back into some of those spaces as well. And as because they do they are quite intimate really, just the way that the old gallery is set out in those bays. You could sit a class within that space and you've got those three walls. So you can just look mm -hmm. at concentrate on one part of an exhibition for a you know, a set period of time, which is a, yeah, that was quite nice to be Not so that. overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. And I, it was a bit easier to link with the museum because yes, we were closer. And we could be out on the front steps waiting for a class. We could see them they were coming. leaving the museum and heading up towards us and, yeah. and vice versa. We could yeah. send them in, in a hurry back down to the museum for their <laughs> next session. Yeah. So we still work in with the museum, but it's, yeah, they've got a little bit bigger walk than mm -hmm. they used to have. We should add that our LAOTC program, so our learning experiences outside of the classroom, are funded by the Ministry of Education and the Wanganui District Council. So it is a free service that schools, all of our um, schools, can uh, can utilise. Uh, yeah, which is pretty lucky. We don't have a door charge. Which is no, amazing. It's, a, it's a very generous program. I mm. think. Especially with, with yeah. teachers being able to ring us up and ask what they want as well. And we cater for that, and I think that's good. We don't. We're very flexible, and yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to think that we provide some exciting things that they do. Yeah. Well, I know personally some of my favourite things that I've done at this art, and I've been coming in here and being a guinea pig for testing <laughs> out <laughs> programs, and I'm very much looking forward to making a tote bag. Cool. Oh, good. So thank you for talking with me. Oh, thank welcome. you. I have a little announcement. The Sergeant Podcast will be going on a hiatus for the next few months, and I'm sad to say that this will be my last episode as host. It's been a privilege and a joy to bring you these insights into the Sergeant's exhibitions, staff, and the passion we have for art. Never fear, though, you will hear from the Sergeant again soon. Thanks for listening. The Sergeant Podcast is released monthly and is produced by the Sergeant Gallery Tawario Reo Wanganui. Information and pictures relating to this episode can be found on our website www.sergeant.org.nz.